Welcome to this week's podcast from Reality Christian Fellowship. We pray this message will equip and inspire you to love God, love one another, and love our community. For more information or to find out what's happening at Reality, check out our website at realitychurch.org.au or check us out on Facebook. We hope you enjoy this message. We just thank you so much, Lord, that you care about our our individual um, little problems that that, that seem um, seem insignificant compared to your greatness. But you you come down to our level and and care and um and give us and give us that help. And so we just pray, Lord, this morning that we can just open ourselves up to to the things that you're wanting to say to us. We just we just give you all the glory. Anything. Um, anything that's good in our lives, we know it comes directly from you, and so we just we just thank you for that and worship you for that. Amen. Awesome. So this morning, I'm going to be talking to you guys um, from. Did it work? Ah, Matthew twenty. <laughs> so we've been going through Matthew. And who's who's been enjoying that? That's good. <laughs> I'm loving it. It's um, I love I love how all the um, all the the sermons are joining together and linking, and it's it's it makes a lot of sense considering the Bible's like that. Um, and so it's it's just like this really really cool study. It feels like a like a course, or <laughs> I love it. Um, and so. Yeah, from Matthew, we're going to be talking about Matthew 20, and there's a couple of different, um, there's a couple of different titles about the the story of Matthew 20, and um, verse one goes to verse 16, um, and from the message they called it the Great Reversal, and I love it, so I'm going to keep that today. <laughs> so. Yeah, we'll look at um, and so yeah, if you guys want to look it up in your in your Bibles, um, Matthew twenty one to sixteen, and I'll go through it in just a moment. So, just as a bit of a background, Jesus shares a parable here, and as you can probably guess, as the theme has been, it's about the kingdom of God, and he deliberately shares this story prophetically, um, as we find out later in the chapter. His disciples are struggling with some jealousy, and it's not the first time. <laughs> um, and so they've got some some prideful um, behaviours amongst themselves. And um, yeah, we see that later in um, from seventeen to twenty eight. Uh, one of the mothers of a couple of the disciples asked Jesus, "He goes, oh, can you can you do me a favour, Jesus? When you go to heaven, can you make sure my sons are at your left and right hand side? <laughs> just a small favour." And um, yeah, it, and it's just funny us reading that and and looking back. And Jesus was like, "Oh, his his, his response was, you don't actually know what you're asking <laughs> um, here, so." Um, you think thinking about greatness, those in the kingdom um, that are great are actually at the least on earth. Um, and so, because you don't actually know what you're asking, you're pretty much asking your sons to suffer <laughs> here on earth. Um, but um, he's, he's like, it's, it's okay, it's all sorted. <laughs> um, and so, and that just 
is directly, um, and that just directly links to the, the parable that was just shared prior um, in this chapter. And for the first 16 verses, um, we, we hear th- this parable um, that we're going to call today the Great Reversal. <laughs> so, all right. So, we'll start from verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven, oh, and this is New Living Translation that I've got at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, for the kingdom of heaven is like a landowner who went out early one morning to hire his workers for his vineyard. He agreed to pay the normal daily wages and sent them out to work. At nine o'clock in the morning, he was passing through the marketplace again and he saw some people standing around doing nothing. So, he hired them, telling them he would pay them whatever was right at the end of the day. So then he went out, uh, so they went out to work in the vineyard at noon and again at three o'clock he did the same thing. And then also at five o'clock in the afternoon he was in town again and he saw some more people standing around and asked them, why haven't you been working today? Because it was harvest season. Um, and they replied, because no one has hired us. And the landowner told them, then go out and join the others in my vineyard. That evening, he told the foreman to call the workers and pay them, beginning with the last workers first. When those hired at five o'clock were paid, each received a full day's wage. And those hired first came to get their pay, and they were assuming that they would receive a bit more. Uh, but then they, they too were paid just a day's wage. When they received that pay, they protested to the owner and they said, uh, those people that worked only one hour and you've, only, and you've paid them just as much as us and we worked a whole day in the scorching heat. And the, uh, the vineyard owner, he answered one of them saying, friend, I have not been unfair. Didn't you agree to work all day for the usual wage? Take your money and go. I wanted to pay this last worker the same as you. It, um, is it against the law for me to do what I want with my own money? Should you be should you be jealous because I am kind to others? So those that are last will now be first, then, and those who are first will be last. Cool. That's a pretty cool. That's a pretty cool story. I love it um, when I found out that. I was able. Um, I was going to be talking on Matthew twenty. I was saying to Rob, I'm "Like this is so good." <laughs> um, and so, in this story, uh, Jesus shares a few a few things here. Um, that, like that was sorry. In this story that Jesus shares, there's a few things that he didn't explain because there's some cultural context behind it that was common knowledge back then and not now. So we're just going to go through a couple of the things here. Uh, just a bit of background, but. Um, so to start off with, I'm going to go through some of the main characters in this story. So we've got the vineyard owner. Oh, I cut out a little bit. No, oh, no. <laughs> um, that's all right. So, um, yeah, so we've got the vineyard owner. It is, um, he is commonly considered by most scholars as father God. Um, and so that's, that's pretty straightforward if you didn't pick up on that. We've got um, the 12-hour workers. Is that still cut off? Oh, no. That's all right. 
that's okay. <laughs> um, so we've got the 12-hour workers that worked an entire day's um, day. Um, and so, yeah, they were hired at the start of the day. And so it's, so these people are kind of considered the, the seemingly perfect Christians or the, the people that have been going to church for quite a while. Um, and it looks like their whole life is all together. And um, they probably are, um, you know, going pretty well in their lives and, and all that sort of stuff. And they can comfortably prioritize church as something that we, you know, they go to every Sunday morning and all that sort of stuff and, and putting God above um, things. So... And, and hardworking and, um, you know, so all, all that sort of stuff, a, a, a typical good role model. And then the next characters are the ones that got hired later on. And so we would, um, so these ones are considered the, the younger Christians. And I just put one slide up here, the one hour workers. And so these people would be ones that have, have been saved later on in their lives. Um, and, there, and interestingly enough, in the story, there's a there's a huge range of people that that got um, that got hired in the morning and the in the middle of the day, and then just one hour until it was knock off time. So, um, <clears throat> but yeah, so this includes so the people that like that got. Um, hired later in the day. This includes a range of people um, in today's world. So there's people that have had hard upbringings, have had hard family lives, um, they've they've had broken um, broken relationships, they've had horrible things happen to their lives um, to them, and yeah, and sometimes with that, they've you feel. Uh, they found that they've had to try and fill this God-sized hole in their life, and and sometimes they fill it with some nasty things. But then eventually, as um, as we see in this story, they come they come to the vineyard, and a little bit later than the others, but they still come anyway. And they were hoping. And, and as they were coming to the vineyard, in this story, it says that Jesus, um, says that God, or the vineyard owner, was saying, "I will give you what is right, or what is what is fair." And so the the workers were like, "Oh, okay. Well, I don't know what it is. It's not going to be a full day's wage, but it's going to be something. Um, and whatever it is, I'm I'm going to be happy to have it." And what were they promised? We're going to go into that. So. Um, oh, so yeah, in this story, it's, uh, it's a bit of a debated topic about what the, the day's wage represents. And so it can be interpreted just as salvation. It can be interpreted as spiritual blessings, like your gifts of the spirit. It can be treasures that we receive in heaven when we die or even the Holy Spirit. Um, and I believe it refers kind of to probably all of them, I reckon. Um, in Galatians 1.3, it says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. And so there's no partiality with God. From what we can see 
in this story that God doesn't hold back when he gives himself. He doesn't, it's not in portions. Salvation is binary. You either are or you aren't. Um, and that means you are or you aren't in Christ. And, and it's the same with the spiritual gifts. We have them, or if we're not saved, you know, you don't have them. Um, we have the Holy Spirit or we don't have the Holy Spirit. It's not in little bits because we do good things. Um, so there is, like, and there isn't um, certain mistakes that, we'll, that we can make that actually excludes, excludes us from anything. As a side note, I do also want to quickly just mention with our gifts um, that, that God gives us. He gives us the full gift straight away, but sometimes we need to work on them um, with us getting used to the idea of, for instance, prophecy or something like that. We need to um, let ourselves over to God and, and give him over, like give our, our mind over and constantly have our minds renewed, but it's not... And and then if we get better at the at that gift, it's not because we did good and you know we're um we're a more holy person, but it's actually just because we're surrendering ourselves over more to God. So in Romans eight one it says, "There's no condemnation for those who belong in Christ Jesus." If we belong to God, we can't be partially clean. We can't be partially inferior or superior or anything like that. We belong to Jesus, and we are clean. Um, there's no one more or less holy than each other, because our salvation was bought with Jesus' blood. It had nothing to do with us. It had nothing to do with how many times we didn't do the wrong thing during the week, or how many times we did do the right thing during the week. Um, and so, it's really encouraging to know that if we come to church late, <laughs> that's not going to make us any less holy. Um, it's good because <laughs> sometimes that happens and that's just how it is and God understands that. And we are free from the stress. We're free from karma. Um, that if we make a mistake and we're sorry and we give that to God, he's like, all right, let's work on it. And yeah, and so it's just, how, how nice is that? <laughs> how how, much, how like much of a relief is that to know that, God isn't partial when it when it comes to, to us. Yeah. So if you look around and you observe all the nice, perfect people that um, are amongst us today, um, I want to encourage you guys to not compare yourself to the perfection of Robert Wally Dadinsky, <laughs> but be assured that God sees us all as perfect and we are all equal in God's eyes. And... <laughs> So, yeah, it's, um, oh, yeah, I did have a slide for that. So if, um, if you want to have a look at that, so God's on top and sometimes we can build this pyramid of, of greatness and how we see, um, yeah, how we can see people. So you've got the greatest evangelists and mega church pastors on the top and then you've got under that famous prophets, famous worship leaders and famous biblical scholars and then under that you've got the non-famous local pastors, the non-famous local church worship leaders and local evangelists and Bible college students. And then under that, you got people that go like, that are in between churches or um, as, <laughs> as Keith Walsingham um, likes to talk about chocolate cake addicts um, or people that are newly saved or 
people with possibly no title in the church. And so this is something that we can kind of construct quite easily and quickly in our heads. Um, and it's quite, quite normal to think like this, but that's not the case. It's like that. There's God and then there's us and we're all the same and we're all equal. How good. <laughs> so it's not, and that's the kingdom thinking of greatness. Um, and I just want to turn back to the, the people that work the full day, uh, the full 12 hour workers. Now, in the story, we can see how some of the 12-hour workers were upset when it came to their turn being paid. Interestingly enough, they were the only ones that got asked about if their wage was going to be fair or not before they actually started working. The other workers had no idea what they were going to get. Jesus was encouraging his disciples in that moment to not fall down the trap of thinking that we deserve, we, we can deserve or earn more than others. God will give us, oh, God will give those that are faithful for a long time a fair blessing, no matter what. What we can see from this story is that, is that we will, I'm sorry, is that we are given the chance to celebrate with our new work buddies and we can share in their excitement. For those that are first will be last and those that are last will be first. So, we can actually see the people that have that have gone after us, um, the the later on workers, and we get to observe all the blessings that they receive. Um, as us people that have been for a bit longer, will um will will receive the blessings at the end, which is um I think is going to be really cool. And so, like I think that invites celebration and partying, um, as we get to see the presents and stuff being um, handed out. And so um, that actually brings me to my a visual demonstration. So if the people could come forward that I have, um, <laughs> have asked to come forward, that'd be great. And that's yours. So I did do this intentionally. I picked three different people. Oh, don't look, don't look, don't look. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I, I picked this intentionally. Um, there are three different people here up the front. Um, they are of different ages. Um, and <laughs> and so let's. Uh, we'll just um, put this to the um, align with the story. Um, so there's different... Um, you know, work hours, I guess, as you can say. So, you, um, we just use our imagination right now that it's Christmas, and these are three different kids um, opening their Christmas presents <laughs> on Christmas Day. Okay, so if you want to look and see what's in your um, in your gift bag, an iPad. All right? Yay, Lockie got an iPad. Yay. What's it, what's in your bag? An iPad. Yay, an iPad. <laughs> and what's in your box? An iPad. <laughs> Yay. 
So you notice that each person got an iPad, even though they're different ages. It's like how God sees his kids um, if they come a bit late to the party or something like that, or one was just born later. Um, <laughs> they all receive the same gifts. They all receive, and thanks, thanks guys, that was it. <laughs> Good job. <laughs> so they all receive the same. <laughs> and as, and, and I'm not sure if, um, if it's like this in your household, but usually the younger ones are more excited to get the presents. <laughs> they would they wake up earlier and try and, and try and get the presents earlier. Um, and I would run and, um, what I found as a, as an oldest child, it's actually really fun to watch, to watch them open up their presents with excitement and go, Oh my gosh, look at this. And, um, and I think that's like, and, and that can be encouraging that as as us people that some of us have been in churches, uh, church for a while, we can look at the the way that God gives gifts to the to the new um, to the newer Christians, and go, yeah, how cool is that that they get the same as me? That's awesome because the thing is, we're not missing out. The twelve hour. Um, the 12-hour workers in this story, they missed the point. And they were upset because someone else was getting the same wage as themselves with doing less work. But in actuality, this doesn't make any sense at all to be upset. If they stopped and took the time to think about what was actually happening, they were not missing out on anything at all. They were just getting exactly what they were promised at the very start and something that they had agreed upon to, um, with how much they were going to get paid. They were losing nothing at all, but they got upset anyway. So what I believe the correct response, what would have been the correct response to this situation is if the workers were happy for the unfair wages given to those other workers. And for today, we can look at this story and apply it to our daily lives as well. When we have a small group and when we have small group sessions, when we have Sunday morning services and even just gathers with your mates, we know that Jesus doesn't want us to act within a hierarchy of who's been to church longer and all that sort of stuff. And he doesn't want us even thinking about it, but the kingdom of God is opposite. And to the world, and, and it's, op- sorry, the kingdom of God is opposite to the world in many ways. And in this circumstance, the first being last. Those who are great in the kingdom are the ones that did... um, So those that are great in the kingdom are the ones that actually do the jobs that no one else really wants to do. So working hard in the hot sun, which is what happened in uh, in this story. Serving without an agenda, but doing it because you have God's love running through you so strongly that it can be seen and felt by those around you. The perfect example is when Jesus uh, washed his disciples' feet in John 13. Now, we'll go to the one-hour workers again. The vineyard owners, uh, back in the day, back in the day, the vineyard owners didn't have people on a payroll. They would have to go and find workers during the harvest time. And the harvesters were commonly found in the marketplace, 
waiting for someone to choose them to employ. Now we must stop and think about this. The workers that were waiting on the 11th hour, this was 5 o'clock in the afternoon, and they were waiting in the marketplace for one hour's work. Like today that's, you know, between 20 to $30 or something like that if you're at a certain age. But like that's, that's crazy to think about like that someone, that there was a group of people in the marketplace going, it's, oh yeah, it's five o'clock. We'll, we'll still wait around. We'll see if someone's willing to, <laughs> to hand pick us. And they hadn't given up. They were hoping that there was going to be someone out there that would hire them, even if it was just for an hour. This is how desperate they were. And this is my interpretation. It must, it, it might be fair to assume that these people could have looked a certain way or smelt a certain way or had maybe a couple of disabilities or something like that that wouldn't have made them the perfect candidate for being the first picked. They, um, and so when the vineyard owner came up to them, he said, why are you here? And their response was, no one wanted to hire us or no one hired us. So what did they do for the whole day? They waited they were waiting for the possibility of the small chance that someone would come along and handpick them. There are so many people in this world that are waiting for that very moment, for someone to say, you, I want you. We are quite a needy species, and it's how our, it's how our perfect God designed us. Society today tells us to be strong and independent. If you're strong and independent, I guess that's almost considered the peak of existence at the moment. <laughs> that's pretty lonely. Um, we need each other and we need to need each other. I love being in this church. I need it. I need church. And I need the connections I have with, with you guys. Today, there are the, the one-hour workers down the street at our workplaces and in our families. People that are holding on as long as they can to the possibility that they might be able to earn something out of their lives. But we know that God and his amazing spiritual gifts, um, God and, sorry, but we know that our God has amazing spiritual gifts that can't even be earned. How encouraging is it that, that we can talk to people about God and it's not about trying to achieve a certain level of holiness to get into heaven, but when we talk to people, we can just say how it's a free gift and it's everything. The gift of eternal life was such a high price that we could never, we could never earn on our own and Jesus just paid it for us in a, in a horrible, crazy way that, um, that we, yeah, remember every Sunday during communion. Romans 5.8 says that God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we're still sinners. So when we, when we leave here this morning, oh, I haven't gone for that long, but that's good. <laughs> so when we leave here this morning, when we have our interactions with people from all walks of life, we can remember the great reversal, that we are free from worrying about who is first and who is last, 
we are free from the prison of trying to earn a better seat or to get a better blessing from God. We are free to celebrate with our friends and family that come to accept the gift of God's salvation. There is no competition there. As we talked about a bit about the one-hour workers and when they um, and how they might have felt when they were picked at at that five o'clock time, I hope for all of us today that we can just remind ourselves to be aware of how how people we interact with today feel, how how they must be struggling with that God-sized hole in them. We all. We are all here going to probably talk to someone um, either today or tomorrow that feels exactly that. And so what are we going to do about it? (laughs) Um, And I've just got one last scripture um, that fits really well into this. Um, And so it's um, Philippians 3, 7 uh, to 11. So one, and I think this is New Living Translation as well. Once I thought these things were valuable. Oh, sorry. This is Paul talking about how he used to live a life um, based off the law. So it goes, once I thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Yes, everything is worthless when compared to Um, when, when compared with the infinite value of knowing Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no, no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become, I became righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. For God's way of making us right with him depends on faith. And I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I'll experience the resurrection. Um, I'll experience the resurrection from the dead. So um, I do have have one last slide. Um, It's just a a very vague representation of eternity in our lives. And so if you think about if we can try and fill our whole life with doing good things and all that sort of stuff, it's nothing compared to eternity. So if you think about that little dot is our life and the big circle is eternity, it's actually much bigger, but I couldn't fit it on the screen. Um, (laughs) But if um, if we get bogged down with, comparing how good our life is compared to someone else's and how much better off we're doing or how much worse off we're doing and all that sort of stuff. Jesus paid a price that won all of eternity. And so there's nothing that we can really do that affects all of eternity like that um, for with what Jesus did. So I just, yeah, want to encourage you guys that we can um, we can take comfort that having having a perspective, knowing that God is actually, um, he's got all of that sorted for us. And so we just have to rest in him and go to him um, every day. And yeah, it's good. Cool. So I went a little bit quickly, which is fine. (laughs) And I'll just pray um, to close today.
Well, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your love for us. And we just thank you, Lord, that you've handpicked all of us. And that you, you see every single wrong thing we've ever done. But you still picked us anyway. And we just pray, Lord, that as, as, we, um, as we go through life this week, that we can just uh, be reminded of, of what you've done for us and what you've done for the world. And we pray, Lord, that that can just change us. We pray that we can just walk differently in the way that you want us to, Lord. And we just thank you for the freedom, the amazing freedom that you unlocked on the cross and for our lives. We pray, Lord, that just as we renew our minds in you every day, that we can just begin to understand a little bit more of of what that actually means. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. We pray it challenged and encouraged you to keep growing in your walk with God. For more information and to find out what's happening at Reality, check out our website, realitychurch.org.au or find us on Facebook. Facebook.